broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demon Cotton, your boy Q, coming up at 5 o'clock. Have a little bit of a Raiders draft class recap. Some of the players that were selected, you'll hear from. They had their post-draft pressers, and uh, they're kind of put together for you from that 5 to 6 o'clock hour. You'll also hear from GM Dave Ziegler. We'll do a little bit of uh, Dave Ziegler sound right here. But want to get your thoughts. How would you summarize the Raiders draft class? Who are you most excited about? Who aren't you so fired up about? Let us know, 69187, keyword R&R, and also 702-365-9200. And I'll tell you this, as far as I'm concerned, and I, I've, been, I've been using the word solid, and I think that that's fair, uh, we'll know later if it was a really good class or if it was just an average class, right? I mean, we all can have our thoughts, but until we actually see them out there on the field and see how they develop and see what they turn into, we really don't know, right? I mean, if, if in the 2019 class, if you had said, oh, Max Crosby is going to be the best one out of that class, you know, probably a lot of people would be like, yeah, okay, I don't know. You know, I, a lot of people probably never even heard of Max Crosby, right? And really, it's funny. I remember being in Texas and my guy, Bill Jones, I'll never forget this, from CBS, he used to join us every single Friday to talk Cowboys football. And he's a guy that's kind of like Trey Wingo, where he just deep dives into the draft. And I remember leading up to the draft, uh, we were asking him about a couple sleeper players. And he said, man, I'll just tell you, Watch out for some kid, uh, skinny kid from uh, Colleyville Heritage here in Texas. He's at Eastern Michigan. Uh, he's long and, 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 and rangy, uh, but he's got a motor that doesn't quit. Just watch out for him. He's Max Crosby. And I remember when he said that, I, had no, I didn't know. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know who Max Crosby was, but I remember as he's talking about him, I'm looking him up on the computer like, okay, let me get a little bit of background. He said, this guy, I just have a feeling he's going to be a really good player. Okay, sounds good. Lo and behold, all of a sudden, the Raiders draft Max Crosby, and he immediately sends me a text. was like, that's the guy I was telling you about. Watch out. I think he's going to be good. I'm like, okay, all right. You know, just still taking it with a grain of salt. And then all of a sudden, you see him in hard knocks, and you're like, okay, this dude's got a little something, something to him. Okay, he's got, you know, all right, hey, I start to believe this guy. Then all of a sudden, he has the rookie year that he did, and boom, now he's a star. Right, He's a guy that a lot of people, including Tyree Wilson, the first-round pick for the Raiders this year, are looking up to. Instead of Max Crosby just being a fourth-round pick that, well, he's got to get in the, in the weight room with Deuce Gruden and, and, and you know, build up his body a little bit. That, that was what Coach Gruden said to him. That's going to be your number one priority your rookie years. Just stick with Deuce Gruden and, and build up your body. He went from being that to where he is right now. Like You just don't know. You can't project that until it happens. So for me to say the class was solid, I mean, I, I say that because – there wasn't any of that feeling of, oh, man, what kind of pick was that? Or, oh, man, what, who, who the hell did they pick there? Or why did they pick that player there? It just It was no – I didn't get any of the uneasy feeling that I've had before, right? And that doesn't mean that it's going to be a good class. But, it, again, it, just, it was one of those, just like following a Thursday, following the pick of Tyree Wilson, all the people there in the media room there in Kansas City, you know, they all look at me when it's time to, for the pick because they know that not only am I a guy that covers a team, but I'm a fan of the team. And they know how funny it is, you know, when my faces, the faces I've made in the past year are like, eh, I don't know about that pick too much, you know. And so everyone, for the most part, was like, Amq, I think the Raiders did a pretty solid job. Something that I want to bring up that you mentioned when we went to break before that last segment was over to end out the hour, when it comes to, and you also asked Dave Ziegler this about drafting players for the production that they had in college, guys that get after mm-hmm. the ball. Max Crosby, his, his sophomore year, 11 sacks, forced four fumbles. Boom. Year after that, 
seven and a half sacks, forced four fumbles. Right. Where it comes to drafting the players that produce on the field, and you can make that reach where, hey, a Clee Farrell was like, this never, this guy never really proved it in college. But right. it's some of those things where a Max Crosby, yeah, maybe if he builds up his body, he could be a guy. But the production was there in college. Right. And that's more of with the Raiders. I think that they relied on more in this draft up. Did the guy produce in college? No more of, hey, the potential of this guy. Where even people, I think, was Raider Mack one of the guys? Yeah, we had a few calls today. Why didn't they draft Jalen Carter? Right. Where it's just. I think it's, look, let's put this out there right yeah, now. He let's, wasn't on the board. Right. Let's, let's, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead with I'll, it. I'll go ahead and say yeah, it. Go ahead, I don't think he was on the board, guys. <laughs> right. We see this now. I mean, Peter King, he was out. Um, I, I reached out to him and I said, hey, Vinny, you'll have a better shot. Maybe you reach out to him because, you know, you guys are friendly. But it's just, I don't think that they wanted Jalen Carter. And people to say, oh, Oh, man, the optics. Well, if that's what it was, that's just what it was right. for them not to want Jalen Carter. But for me, it's the Eagles, the set. He'll be right next to Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, where they can maybe allow that, hey, the guy that maybe he doesn't reach his full potential. But the Raiders, where this team is at right now, even if you take all that out, they can't be wishing and praying that this guy is going to reach that full potential. Draft right. a guy where you say, hey, he's gonna, he might have a low floor. Well, I mean, you know, the, the uh, a low ceiling. Right. But draft that guy anyways because you need somebody who's going to be able to produce for this team. You need someone who's going to be reliable. And, and, look, bottom line is I just don't think that the Raiders believe in Jalen Carter. I mean, I, I really don't. I know what the production was at Georgia. I get it. Uh, I said it at the Combine that I didn't think he was going to be a player that the Raiders were going to draft. I know we've had a lot of speculation, a lot of conversation back and forth on uh, if he's the best player in the draft. Is he not the best player in the draft? There's a lot of things to like about Jalen Carter. There's also a lot of things not to like. And I'm not even talking about the the car accident incident. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the motor. I'm talking about the the want to, to get to practice, the being a professional and all that. And he might... He might flip the script and end up being the dude, but it just seems like, and I had this experience with him when I was there in Kansas City, it just seems like the attention to detail just isn't there when it comes to Jalen Carter. But having his brothers that he went to school with at Georgia, I think him having those guys around him will help him. I think Philadelphia was a great landing spot for him. I don't think that the Raiders were a great landing spot. Look, Seattle, let him go. Detroit, let him go. The Raiders, let him go. I mean, there was a reason why he was continuing to drop, right? I mean, and I don't think he was going to get out of the top 10 because we all know Philadelphia would have taken him. They thought that maybe a team would have gone up and got him, so they made a move, and that's fine. But he wasn't just the end-all, be-all. Just by selecting Jalen Carter wouldn't have made the Raiders draft like all of a sudden the best thing ever, the best thing since sliced bread. You've got a guy in Tyree Wilson that could play multiple roles. And that's something that Dave Ziegler has talked about so many times, versatility, versatility, versatility. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Again, we'll know what the actual draft looks like and what it what it really was, how good it was a couple years from now when you start to see these guys. Are any of these guys going to get a, a second contract with the Raiders? Very possible. You know, we talked to Justin Mello earlier, and he was talking about Byron Young. He said, look, that guy, he feels like he's going to be a solid player for nine or ten years in the league. Will he always be with the Raiders? Maybe, maybe not, you know, whatever. But he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to carve out a nice role in the league and be a solid player year after year after year. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a, a better version of Andrew Billings. And I thought Andrew Billings was pretty good last year, right? He did a really good job stopping, stopping the run. He was able to get after the quarterback just a little bit, not quite enough. But I think that Byron Young's going to have an opportunity to be even better than Andrew Billings was. And, and I think it's a, it's a good fit. I mean, I really do. So I'm, I'm expecting to see him on the field quite a bit. I'm expecting to see all three of those first picks on the field a lot. Tyree Wilson, Michael Mayer, and Byron Young. And then you go from there and see what you got. But again, man, I mean, you, you just kind of look at it. I don't ever want to put the term of, oh, that was a phenomenal draft. Just because, again, you just don't know. Hold on, can you say, you think that the first three players, you think they're going to what? I think <laughs> he's going to play a lot. 
He gonna play a real lot. <laughs> they gonna they gonna play a lot, right? Uh, hit it again. And he gonna play a lot. He gonna play a real lot. <laughs> <laughs> Those first three draft picks are gonna. He gonna play a lot. He gonna play a real lot. That is the a man. <laughs> that is the best drop ever. That is the best drop. <laughs> When I heard that over the weekend, I started dying. I just, I absolutely did. I didn't know if I was listening to the clumps or who I was listening to, but that was funny. All I did, though, I immediately, as soon as I heard that, I thought of, uh, you know, the Nutty Professor. I thought about the scene in the Nutty Professor. Hey, Miss Purdy. <laughs> play it again. Play it again. He's going to play a lot. He's going to play a real lot. Oh, we're terrible. That's good stuff, though. We're going to use that. That drop, we're going to use all the time. We do appreciate that drop. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, let's move on. because I, I, this I just don't. I just want to keep he hearing it. A real lot. it. Man, I just want to talk about that for everybody. I mean, Tyree Wilson, I mean, some say he's going to be just a rotational piece, but me? And he's going to play a lot. <laughs> he's going to play a real lot. That's how I'm feeling about him. I'm done. I'm done. You are stupid in a great way. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, as we got sidetracked right there, 702-365-9200, don't be broke. Call text line 69187, keyword R&R. Hit us up and we'll definitely uh, get your feedback on. Want to hear from you on the draft and what your overall feelings were. And I know some are hot, some are cold on it. It, it, it kind of is what it is. We'll see how it all plays out. But if the Raiders could have multiple back-to-back-to-back years of solid draft classes, they're going to have a lot of good talent. Uh, there in the cupboard, and they're going to have a lot of good talent on the field. And that's what's most important. As Justin said, there's nothing wrong with drafting good football players. Nothing wrong with drafting good football players. And a lot of those football players that they drafted came out of the Senior Bowl, right? Patrick Graham was uh, one of the coaches there. Uh, they also had other coaches that were there on the staff as well and just got up close and personal. And you remember going back to, what, 2019? Uh, the Raiders had their their uh, coaching staff there at the Senior Bowl, and they ended up selecting a lot of the players. Some of the players really worked out, some didn't. But for the most part, they got up close and personal with some guys that had been in the in, in college for a while, uh, had plenty of uh, game experience under their belt, and they got to know those guys, and they went and selected them. Well, this staff did the same thing. So one of the questions asked to Dave Ziegler uh, on Saturday was about how valuable it was having coaches involved with the players there at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, it's just, it's a it's another kind of detailed exposure that you often don't usually get if you don't have a coach involved. Um, I think we talked about it the other day, but just being able to to really see how guys learn, um, really get to see how guys operate day to day in meeting rooms, at practice, interaction with their teammates. Those are all things that we looked at, all things that we got feedback on. It wasn't just about the football performance. It was about how they treated each other, how they interacted, what their commitment was, and all those different types of things, different positions that they could play. And so it was a really valuable uh, tool for us and something that we utilized and, and helped us uh, in the decision-making process here over the week weekend. You know, and I, I think that the Senior Bowl, it's always been a very good tool for teams to to get to know these players and get an opportunity to draft them. But I feel like every single year, DeMond, it's like more and more and more players are coming out of the Senior Bowl, coming out of the Shrine Bowl as well. Of course, we've had it here in Las Vegas the past couple of years. I just think these all-star events are helping these players get familiar with the coaching staff because, you know, they go to – they go to school and they'll, they'll play some style, whatever style of ball that that school uh, features. But then they go to the senior bowl and these coaches are coaching them up with what they want 
to see if they can do. And I think that that really helps. And again, uh, the Raiders grabbed a handful of guys coming out of that senior bowl. And I think that that was a big deal. And Patrick Graham got an up-close up uh, opportunity to, to really get to know these guys. Yeah, it's the premiere, I think, postseason when it comes to that mm-hmm. the bowl game, when it comes to, hey, who's going to be there? The all-star games, as you like to call them. Yep. But yeah, th- it's the premiere one, that's that senior bowl. Jim Nagy, they do a great job. You know, the draft starts in Mobile. They've got the best catchphrase already for their all-star game. For me, let's look at a guy the Raiders didn't draft him, but Jake Hayner. I think the mm-hmm. performance that he put on on the senior bowl, a lot of people were high on him. That led to him being maybe that fourth round pick. I'm not saying that teams weren't watching the tape before, but when you can see somebody, it's like, oh, he's looking like the best quarterback that's participating at the senior bowl. I know that's due to a lot of the guys, the top guys being underclassmen, but that's still, I think, that added to his stock by having a good performance where you can look about it across the board where it helped a lot of guys going there. And it's practice. The practice is what really matters. I mean, the games are cool, but the practice and how you go out there and attack the practice every day is what really matters the most. Mailman Raider hit us up at 69187, keyword r I still don't think we have enough at cornerback one. I wonder if they're planning on bringing Rock back. Don't see uh, how it would hurt. And uh, that's Mailman Raider. And I'll say this. I thought that you know the Raiders were going to attack the cornerback position earlier. In the draft, I mean, hell, most of us thought they were going to draft a cornerback in the first round, you know, and, and when Christian Gonzalez was on the board, I just knew that that was going to be the pick. And like I said, I had no problem with Tyree Wilson being the pick. We've had that discussion here on the show many times. Do you draft inside out? Do you draft a cornerback and then the line? What do you do? Obviously, the Raiders went with the approach of uh, building it from the front to the back, and that's okay. Right, There's nothing wrong with that. Again, Tyree Wilson, I think, is going to play multiple positions on that defensive line, and that's what separates him from some other guys, and that's what really is going to help uh, evolve this Patrick Graham defense. But, yeah, I mean, Ja'Korian Bennett, to get that cornerback in the fourth round, I was surprised that it took all the way to the fourth round to get him. And then they got a couple undrafted free agents in uh, Jordan Perryman from Washington and Azizi Hearn from uh, UCLA. So they got those guys as undrafted free agents. It's going to be tough for them to make the roster. Um, There could be some guys in free agency. You know, Quick brought up uh, free agency earlier and said, hey, there's still some guys out there that the Raiders can go get. Uh, I know Marcus Peters' name has been brought up multiple times. And I, I, I like Marcus Peters a lot. He's a guy that has ball production. He's a guy that that knows how to turn, you know, create turnovers. He's also a guy that takes a lot of chances. So sometimes he's going to get burned, and you're going to get really frustrated with him. But he's also lately been banged up quite a bit. So that's my only concern when it comes to Marcus Peters is the fact that he's been injured so much as of late. Uh, I liked him a lot coming out of college. Uh, obviously, he was a really good player in Kansas City. He obviously, went to the Rams and with Baltimore. I mean, he he's a really good player. If he can stay healthy, it's just the problem is he's been banged up quite a bit the last few years. So we'll see uh, what happens with him or other guys that are out there. Like I said, we'll do a little bit of deep diving into some free agents that are still available. We'll do that throughout the course of the week as well. Uh, also, we got a text uh, here that says, let's see, from the 707, Hey Q, so I'm not excited nor upset about grabbing O'Connell. No way to put a grade on it yet. I just wonder if maybe it was too soon unless he stood out enough to not be there at a later round. Do you think someone else would have snagged him if we didn't at that time? Hopefully he does turn out to be the ideal backup at the very least. Again, that's from the 707. And, yeah, thanks for the text. We appreciate you. And when we had Alan Karpik from uh, GoldenBlack.com, he even said that they were surprised that he went in that round. But uh, Dane Brugler, a guy that I respect a lot from The Athletic, he puts out the the beast and he does his uh, seven-round mock draft and really just been a really good uh, draft analyst for a very long time. Like I said, really respect what he's uh, got going on. He had a, a fourth or a fifth-round grade on uh, on Aiden O'Connell. So I think it was kind of par for, for where – he was expected to go from most most people, and there could have been someone that wanted to go grab him. So okay uh, for the Raiders to make the move and go get him and uh, put him on the roster. And like I said, at the end of the day, he'll probably be a good backup, and that's all you can ask for. Brian Hoyer is not going to be a backup forever. 
right? I mean, he's older in the tooth. Jimmy G is, I don't want to say older in the tooth, but we kind of know who he is. So at some point, you got to get some, uh, some youth in there. And so Aiden O'Connell, as a backup quarterback, I'm fine with that. Yeah, something that I do want to play, I know we're, we're going to jump around on the sound list Go here, but it. it was one that wasn't picked out. But it was Dave Ziegler talking about if he was worried if the team was going to get quarterback. So I know that maybe if you think Aiden O'Connell was a reach, but there was a logic behind the pick. Yeah, it's a good question. I think that's what happened today because it was a crazy run on quarterbacks. I think Hayner maybe was the first, one of the first ones to go. Yeah, and I think that we, I think that is what happened. I think you know people started. That's what we kind of looked at it as. Okay, here comes the run. You know, so you know, gave us a little bit more of um, you know an aggressive mindset to go up and get the guy that we wanted to get. And then you saw those dominoes continue to fall. And so, yeah, that sometimes that the draft works that way. I guess it happened with the receivers in the first round, too. No receivers were taken, then all of a sudden, you know, four or five went. So I do think that was kind of part of what happened today. So yes. there you go. That makes a lot of sense. And it's what the draft does, right? It goes in in uh, runs. You know, you have an offensive line run. You'll see a tight end run. As he mentioned, the wide receivers in round one, four wide receivers in a row. It happens that way. So sometimes when you start to see those those players at that certain position come off the board, you got to go get them. If, no matter what, you just got to go make that move. Yeah, so maybe, oh, he had more of a fifth-round, you know, a fifth-round um, excuse me, grade. But it's a, hey, man, quarterbacks are starting to go now, so right. we need to make sure we get them now. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, there's there's no doubt. I can absolutely see that. And so uh, they went and got him. And, again, it was something that Dave Ziegler said that he was a, a, a guy that Josh McDaniels was going to like. From everything we've heard, he's a guy that Josh McDaniels is going to like, and we'll see how he how he works with him and see what he does. You know, again, he, he had selected or the Patriots had selected Jarrett Stidham uh, back a few years back and got him in the fourth round and uh, kept him around for quite a while. And there was even rumblings that he was going to be the man to take Tom Brady's spot. And obviously that didn't happen due to injury and, and maybe just – just skill itself, right? Maybe he wasn't the guy to take Tom Brady's spot anyway, but he was he was reported to be, okay, hey, Jarrett Stidham, they're real high on him. Then they were high on him enough to go ahead and, and trade for him to bring him to Las Vegas after, uh, you know, Joshua Daniels and Dave Ziegler take over here uh, with the Raiders. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the O'Connell thing. Like I said, I don't have a lot of high expectations for him, but I get it. And, again, I think that the Raiders are going to be in the business of drafting quarterback after quarterback after quarterback year after year after year, and I think you're going to see more teams across the league start to do that. And so uh, one of the – one of the um, hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to, re- trying to read this uh, cut sheet right here. I did want to get to the second one on the cut sheet, DeMar, where we're talking about if the uh, plan coming into the draft was to pick more players on defense uh, just because they got six – which I think was good. Six out of nine is good as far as the defensive players go. But I, I know there's some people that thought, you know what, they needed to have more uh, on defense than what they got. So if that was really the plan to kind of go defensive heavy. Wasn't 100% sure you know, how, how that was actually going to come out. Obviously, you know, there was a, a defensive focus going in or a hope, I would say, that it was going to be a defensive focus. But you really never know how the board's going to go Just and, and players you're going to lose out on. And there was a player or two that we were targeted that, that did get picked a couple picks before we were going to take them a time or two. And so uh, there was a defensive focus going in. Um, but I would say, you know, generally speaking, the board fell that way. I'd say yes, when there was maybe some things that were close here in the set today, um, you know, we leaned a little bit heavily to have a little bit more heavy to the defensive side. So I think that we all kind of had that feeling going into the draft that the Raiders were going to go defensive heavy. Again, they selected six guys on the defensive side of the ball and only three on the offensive side. So uh, if you look at priorities, obviously defense was that priority. And, 
you can't help certain teams from drafting the guy that you're looking at. You may be looking at a bunch of guys, and, well, they get selected before you have that opportunity to go get them. Uh, you can easily say, well, they should have traded up, this, that, and the other. But you don't want to give up too much draft capital. Like, they were thinking about trading back into the back end of round one uh, to go get Michael Mayer, the tight end from uh, Notre Dame, and the price of doing business was too high. So instead, they stayed disciplined, waited till round two, then traded up just a couple picks, and uh, were still able to get their guy and not give up as much capital. So it's a it's a cat-and-mouse thing. I mean, it really is. You know, you got to decide uh, if this team that's trying to trade with you is trying to make you give up too much, if you feel like the value is there. Uh, it's, it's, one of the, it's, it's really a feel process. I don't think that there's any kind of a, like a science to it where it just makes it – make all the sense in the world, like two plus two equals four. I don't, I don't feel like that that's what the case is. I really feel like it's, uh, it's one of those situations where it's just like a feel and, and you go with your gut feeling and you roll with it and you feel confident in it. So uh, there you go. 702-365-9200 and also 69187 keyword R&R, com Text line. Who we got up, Demond? Raider Dave in Denver. Raider Dave, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, man. Uh, you know, you talk about Mayor, and I think one of the things about trying to move up into third, it gives them that fifth-year option. I think that was kind of important to them. They missed out on it. They can't get a trade partner. I think that's something that Mayock probably didn't talk about. But back when he went ahead and traded for Clee, or, I mean, tried to pick Clee, you can't get a trade partner to go ahead and trade back down and then get him mm-hmm. somewhere else. And sometimes you don't have a dancing partner. You're stuck. Right. You just have to go after the guy you've got. Now, you and I have talked a little bit about uh, the corner, wishing, you know, wishing that the corner would have been the first one. But I, I kind of disagree with you, and I thought that the, the front line was going to be the bigger mix. And you know, they would get a person who can play multiple positions, maybe a little bit different than a Gonzalez. And so I think it worked out that way. I think that that, that, that player, Wilson, they just fell to him, or I mean uh, the other player, I guess it is, uh, fell to him, and it worked out. But when you look at how many starters that were new in the last two years for the Raiders, it's been seven new players out of 11 on the starting 11 on defense. So which ones do you think, obviously Max, probably Jones, how many starters are we going to have that are going to return? And will Smith and Bennett maybe get into the mix to be a part of that to where they could have actually drafted, obviously, three starters on defense this time, one starter on, on offense with the, uh, with the tight end. But do you think these other guys might be able to work in, or does it depend on how some of the other Raiders returning are really going to do uh, thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Now, yeah, I think it's a, a little bit of all the above, right? I mean, obviously, it's going to be a big-time competition in training camp, I do believe. But, I mean, Max and, and Chandler, you could say those guys are starters. There's there's no doubt about that. I feel pretty confident in that. I think Nate Hobbs will be a starter at some point. I don't know if he's going to be in, inside or he's going to be on the outside. Uh, I think Trayvon Merrick is going to have an opportunity to start, but I think he's going to have to earn it. I really do, right? I think he took a step back last year. I think everyone would agree with that. I think he would agree with that, that he took a step back last year for one reason or the other. So he's going to have to earn that in training camp. But uh, there could be a nice handful of, of you know, uh, new guys on the defensive side of things for the silver and black this year. I mean, there's a bunch of guys. You mentioned Smith, Christopher Smith, and, and also Bennett. I think those guys end up being starters before the season's all said and done. I really do. I, I like Christopher Smith a lot. Uh, he doesn't have the great athletic traits, uh, but similar to what we were saying earlier when we were talking to Justin Mello, I feel like he's very Jerron Harmon-like, and, and that's okay. Jerron Harmon is a, is a really good player uh, that was in the league and is in the league for a very long time with 10-plus years in the league. So uh, obviously he's got a little something-something to him that uh, helped him stick around the league as long as he did, and I thought he did some good things for the Raiders last year as well. So uh, they're definitely going with uh, the younger side of things. And, you know, these guys are going to have the open positions, open jobs uh, to go out there and earn them. Like a guy like uh, Bernie out of Florida, the sixth-round pick, do I think he's going to be a starter? No. 
But, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to go out there and, and show what he's worth in training camp. That's the thing. It's, it's all about the opportunity. Byron Young, I think you're going to see him on the field a lot, a ton. If, if I had to hang my head on it, you're going to see him probably out of, the, out of the gates on the field defensively more than anybody else that the Raiders selected. I, I just think that that's going to be – I think that's just going to be a no-brainer. I think he, he just brings that kind of juice to the table, and he, he's got that kind of want to as well. Thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate it. Just get one more quick call, and we'll take a break. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? T.W. No, we don't. <laughs> oh, man, he had T-Night, T-Dub. T-Dub, call us back, brother. 426 is the time. We'll come back, get some more calls, get some more texts, get some more sound from GM Dave Ziegler. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got some text messages here on our don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword r Thoughts on the draft for the Raiders? Kind of quick summary of it. Who are you fired up about? Who are you not so fired up about? Again, 69187, keyword r And if you want to give us a call, you can, 702-365-9200. This one's coming from Mark in Jersey. I think Zig did a nice job with the draft. I'll give it a B grade. Still need linebacker and corner help. Again, Mark in Jersey. And I agree. And I, I think a B is fine. You know, I, if you come out of the draft with a B every year, you're consistently a B, you're going to have a really good roster each and every year. You're going to have some really good players. You're going to have starters, and you're going to have depth. And that's what the Raiders didn't have a year ago. They'll have some guys that are really talented, right? They have a lot of top-end talent, but then after that first wave, then it really drops off. The talent gap is huge, so they didn't have the quality depth. That's what they're trying to build up as well. That's something that I think is very important. So uh, if, that's a, if that's a quality B, I'll, I'll, I'll take that, right? And, of course, you got to see how it plays out, right? You can't just say, oh, it's a B and it's set in stone. But from the looks of it, it looks like, as I mentioned, a solid draft. Jim from Yonkers said, I think we have four day one starters, Wilson, Mayer, Young, and Bennett. Smith could by next year. The Tucker pick may turn out to be super. Uh, they're just loaded at that position now. I'm not too sure what happens with Renfo. Him and Chandler Jones could be moved for draft picks come trade deadline. The offensive line was addressed with free agents. Q&D, any info? Uh, O'Connell was a walk-on and, and has a quick release and high accuracy. I just don't know his ceiling. Once we moved up in the second, I called the tight end pick and mentioned we needed one baby Gronk. Thank you for a great show. Rooting for the Rangers tonight. Steph Curry is amazing. That's Jim from Yonkers. And, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't know when they made the trade. Honestly, when they made the trade to move up in the round two, I thought they were going to get Hennon Hooker. That's I, I even tweeted out. I said, is this a potential quarterback? Well, it wasn't. It was Michael Mayer. And that's fine. Mayer is fantastic. Uh, but I, I thought the Hendon Hooker, and I was actually surprised that he was on the board as long as he was, and uh, Detroit went and got him at 68. So uh, I guess that, you know, when, when you look at Hendon Hooker, we all had him anticipated as, at least I had him anticipated as a first-round guy, right? I thought he was going to go in the first round, get that fifth-year option. Like, I made it all make sense to me, right? And then the league said, yeah, this is what we really think about Hendon Hooker. And, you know, you can get as upset as you want. I know that Hardcore Raiders not happy that the Raiders didn't select him, but he ended up going 68 overall. So clearly, multiple teams had multiple opportunities to get him, and they didn't. They chose not to. They, cho- they chose to let him go all the way to number 68. I thought the Raiders were going to get him at 70. I was like, oh, that's going to work out just fine for him. They're going to get him at 70. Well, they didn't get the opportunity to because Detroit made the, the move for him, and maybe it works out. Maybe they're going to give him uh, – maybe he's going to have an opportunity to play. I saw reports that Jared Goff is about to get a contract extension, so maybe not. You know, But I think that sometimes we can put in our heads of where a player is, where he's supposed to get drafted, and then reality kicks in – where he actually gets drafted. I thought when I was covering Baylor in Central Texas, I thought Andrew Billings was a first or second round guy. You know where Andrew Billings went? Day three, round four, the Cincinnati. Everyone's sitting there, what's wrong with Andrew Billings? How come he's not going? 
That's a very deep position. It was the, the that that particular draft was deep in that that position, so he didn't go till round four. But everyone that covered him that that was close to the product and saw him all the time was like, oh, that's a first or second round guy. No, nah, not so much. I know when it comes to that first-round pick, we were all talking last week about, hey, that fifth-year option if you take a quarterback Mm -hmm. in the draft. But also what we weren't talking about enough is how valuable that fifth year is if you get it at at a position other than quarterback as well. So were these teams like, do you really, the you know, the Titans where you go out and you get Will Levis, woohoo. Um, yeah, that's you your go- guy. <laughs> well, I can't wait till you give me the reviews on him. <laughs> when you go out and you grab a guy like that, but it's also, I don't think teams wanted to pass on, yeah, we could probably get a quarterback in the second or third round, but do we not want to get this offensive lineman, this edge rusher, mm-hmm. and get that guy at a premium where you could right. say, hey, we got the fifth-year option on this guy too. They just didn't have Hendon Hooker valued as high as everyone else did. I mean, that's, it's, yep. reality is, in our minds, we manufactured where he should go. Yep. So that was gospel. Kicked in when the draft happened, and no, he's a number 68 overall pick. Is it a little low? Probably. But at the same time, that's where they felt about him. So, I mean, it's just, it kind of is what it is. And you'll see what happens. You'll see if he ends up being uh, some fantastic player, if he gets an opportunity to get out there on the field. Uh, you know, who knows? If Jared Goff gets a contract extension, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Hendon Hooker and when he's going to get an opportunity. But, you know, he lands in Detroit. I think he has an opportunity to be a good quarterback. He's got to get it there in the lab and, and, and learn, and I think he will. That's kind of who he is. It's kind of what we learned about him already. But, you know, reality is, just because we thought he was a first-round pick, clearly he was not a first-round pick. Real quick, going back to the first sentence for Jim from Yonkers in that text is, four day-one starters, man, you know what that sound like to me. And he's going to play a lot. He's going to play a real lot. <laughs> you are four not, boys? You are, not, you are never going to let that go. Continue. <laughs> You're not going to let that go. That is something that DeMond is going to wear out. We might as well shout out to Hondo. Shout out to Hondo on that one. <laughs> I don't want to use the drop of Hondo and not give him props, so I got to give Go ahead. Salute to you, Hondo. That's all. Yeah, man. Go ahead, know. do it, man. Well, oh, one more time. Yeah, he's going to play a lot. He's going to play a real lot. <laughs> there you go. That's our Hondo drop for the day. And DeMond's going to wear that thing out. I, man, all season long, he's going to be playing that thing. I can only imagine. We're going to hear that all the time. Back at the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r and said, B+. Plus. B++ plus plus is my grade for this draft. Major upgrade over decades of failures. One thing I wanted to note is, is that I know that there's not a lot of gold found in the comment section, but as the draft was going on, there was a lot of positive feedback. And any Raider fan knows that that's uh, their usual pouty negative moods. Most fans shot it down hella fast and kept it positive. Raider Nation is turning around, and the key to that was Ziggler working his magic in the draft. Solid work from Geese Mode. And again, going back to the S word, solid. That's what I th- I mean, I, uh, that's, that's what I looked at the draft and said that that's what that was. It was solid. Tyree Wilson, good player. I think he has a, uh, already has production, and he has a ceiling to get even better and play multiple positions. Michael Mayer, tight end. Could have been, you know, a lot of people's tight end number one. So he goes to the Raiders in round two. Really good pick. Byron Young, he's the one I'm most excited about, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. think he's going to be on the field a lot. He's going to play a lot. He's going to play a whole lot. Isn't that what the thing say? He's going to play a lot. He's going to play a real lot. Why would I set him up for that? Trey Tucker, it'll, it'll be interesting to see his role, right? We know that he's a, a, a slot a wide receiver. We know he, he, he can play in the kick return game. We know he's got speed. So if he's a guy that that a lot of Raider Nation thought DJ Turner was going to be a year ago. DJ Turner made the squad, made the 53-man roster, and everyone say, what, Turner the burner. He's got all the speed. If you give him the ball, uh, he can end up turning a, a, a little short catch into a, a house call. Well, that's who Trey Tucker could be. 
I don't know if he's going to be, but that, that's who he could be. But he's a guy that a lot of people looked at, and that was the one probably head-scratcher when, like, when he was selected. I, I even was like, eh, that was probably a little high for Trey Tucker. He probably could have been a guy in the – could have got him in the fifth or sixth round, but they got him in the third round. So there's that, number 100 overall. Uh, Ja'Korian Bennett, I'm pretty pumped up about him. Want to see what he could bring to the table. Uh, the cornerback out of Maryland, fourth-round pick. Aiden O'Connell, quality backup. Christopher Smith, I think he's going to end up being something. Deron Harmon, Deron Harmon-like, I'll just put it out there. Amari Bernie, we'll see. Right, He had production. He turned from a safety to a linebacker, uh, similar to Devon Diablo, and he had some pretty good production at, at Florida the one year he played that role. So, okay, cool. And then, you know, Nesta Jade, we'll see what happens with him. We'll see what happens with him. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know enough about him to say that he's going to be really good or not. I, I, don't, I don't have any idea. But he's a seventh-round pick, right, just like Thayer Mumford was. And Thayer Mumford had an opportunity to get out there and play, and he did. He went out there and played, and whenever he was asked to be out there, and he did a decent job. That's all I can say about about uh, Nesta because I, I don't know, like I said, I don't know enough about him to to give you my like a thorough a, assessment of him. Maybe we'll get someone off from Arizona State to give us a breakdown. But it sounds like he got that little something in his neck from that text that you got, though. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. But I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Right? Can't be getting all those uh, uh, personal fouls and all that stuff. Like you can't. You got to have a small, uh, a smart football player. Right, I mean, there, there's already been times when the Raiders, uh, even last season, uh, had some boneheaded plays that that you know cost them drives or cost them games. You know where where it kept drives alive because of a stupid penalty. You can't do that, right? You could be emotional. Football is an emotional game, but you've got to be able to keep it under control. You've got to be able to be smart when it comes to the emotions. Uh, Mailman Raider said, "If Goff gets an extension, Hooker won't be starting till he's your HQ." <laughs> Thanks, Mailman Raider. Thank you. Thank you. But he'll still, hey, he'll have, he'll be ready. He'll be ready. He'll be ready. All, hey, put me in, coach. Standing right next to the coach with a helmet in hand. Let's go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I ain't going to lie. Uh, <laughs> when I played football at age 31, I didn't even have a helmet. So I had, I had to borrow, I played corner. So I had to, I had to borrow the quarterback's uh, helmet. So my guy Layton was the quarterback of the team, and he never went and played defense, so I always borrowed his helmet. So anytime I was standing there right next to the coach waiting for him to, to come off the field so I could take his helmet. So you knew times were tough, man. Times were tough when the brother didn't have his own helmet. Just how it was. I'll say this about Hendon Hooker if he is going to be the quarterback in waiting. I'd take Chase Daniels' career over anybody, well, just about anybody in a heartbeat. My man just be chilling. Oh, he made does. a career. He's only won. I looked it up. Hold on. Three games? No, two, uh, he's two and three as a starter. Hey, but you know what? And when he's he, been around for when he was asked to play not too long ago, he played well, right? I mean, he was ready. He was prepared. That's the job of a backup quarterback: be ready and prepared uh, when when your when your number's called. Because at any given time, your number could be called. It could you could be sitting there as a backup for years and never get that number called. But as long as you're ready, when you do, you know the backup quarterback's always the favorite guy in town until he gets in the game and he stinks it up. And you're like, oh, that guy sucks. Put him back on the bench, right? So if you could be a backup and you could be solid. And, and be ready, ready to go, then you're, you're good to go. Just chase, and that's who Chase Daniel is. He's always been a really glorified backup, really good. And Cole McCoy is the guy for me where I'm like, hey, man, Cole McCoy just needs a chance. But every time he gets in the game, I'm like, I see why. Yeah, yeah, he's not. Colt McCoy hasn't been good since he got knocked out of the national championship game. <laughs> I mean, that was the last time that he was, he was really good, and he actually was going to give Texas an opportunity to beat Bama, but uh, it didn't happen like that because he got knocked out of the game. Uh, Robin Oakland said, as a fan, I'm limited in the conclusions I can draw from the draft. I think it's important for the organization to avoid big whiffs, and I'm happy we didn't draft Jimmy Dean. <laughs> the first three picks added much-needed power and a physical presence at the point of attack. I expect Wilson and Mayer to step in and make some plays. Uh, Mayer makes a lot of difficult contested catches. In watching the post-draft press conferences, I got the sense that Dave Ziegler and Chip 
uh, champ, we're not surprised with the way that the draft shook out. That's a positive. Uh, the rest is about whether they evaluated and ranked the players properly. Again, that's Rob in Oakland. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, that's, that's the thing about it. You've got to trust your evaluations. you got to trust where these guys you feel should be selected. And for the most part, as I was going through all the players, and like I said, I was just, I was just comparing and contrasting it to Dane Brugler's The Beast that he has out on The Athletic. For the most part, all the picks were right around the range when, you know, when Dane thought that those guys were going to go off the board. The one that was the one that stood out to me was uh, Trey Tucker. I think he had a fifth-round grade on him, and uh, Trey obviously went in the third round. And then Amari Bernie, I think he had him as an undrafted free agent, and he went in the sixth round. So uh, outside of those two, for the most part, they were pretty much spot on with everything that Dane uh, put out in the athletic on the beast. And again, just because he said it doesn't mean it's gospel, but uh, it's, just, it's, it's nice for a, a change to see – the, the draft picks that the team makes look similar to the overall feeling of the, you know, the, the public and, and the guys that do this for, for a living as well. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a lot better than seeing a lot of what you feel like are reaches. 442 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I was waiting for a text like this to come through on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r And I'm expecting the next week or so get a lot of calls, a lot of texts, depending on how the series goes. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up. Again, the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r and Good afternoon, gentlemen, on this post-draft Monday. I'll have to say I'm very encouraged and excited about our draft class. Guys who definitely have my full attention come this season are cornerback Bennett, uh, Safety Smith, and, of course, Tyree Wilson. I think all three of these young gentlemen can actually start and make an immediate impact. I'm not going to lie, though. When we selected wide receiver Trey Tucker, I felt like it was a bit of a stretch. Saying that, I'm no Ziggler, and I have complete faith uh, what our front office is doing. Overall, I believe we had a fantastic draft. On another note, Q, this is what I was waiting for all day. It's on between your dubs and my Lakers. I expect a tight, contested series between these teams. Thanks, as always, Sir Whiskey Ray. Yeah, that's going to be a good one, my man. My man Steph Curry dropped 50. He dropped the 50 burger. And I'll tell you this, DeMond, I was thinking about because we had the baseball game to go to yesterday. I was like, man, should I stay home and just watch the, the Warriors or should I just trust that they're going to handle the business with the Kings? And I trusted, obviously, because I was at the game, I trusted that the Warriors were going to win. I didn't know Steph was going to put up 50. If, if you had told me Steph was going to put in a performance like that, I might have had to miss the game. <laughs> Just saying, I might have had to miss the Aviator game because that was a hell of a performance. You go into Sacramento knowing that you're not a very good road team, and Steph puts up 50 when everyone else around him was really struggling and, and really led them to an a easy victory and ending Sacramento's season in their house, no beam lit, nothing. The Warriors get the last laugh. I was so ready to uh, light the beam. Of course you were, because your team has been at home. You're been, oh, your been team, at home. Your ben, team has been at home. Take it easy, been at home. Your team has been at when, home. When's the, last, time, when's the last, last game they lost? How long ago have they been out the playoffs? It ain't even been a full 48. It has. Has it? No. Yes, it and at 48 hours, it's only two days. Yeah, they've been out the playoffs more than two days. Well, you know, time goes a little bit slower when you're morning. <laughs> Uh, you know, LeBron, I mean, uh, he's still I, – I, well, you know what? The NBA got there a wish. They pushed the button. Adam Silver made the call, and he said, we need the ratings for this next round. We need – the league needs Warriors-Lakers. That's what happened. No, I, I don't think that it happened at all. I think Prove that me the, wrong. I think that the, <laughs> there's nothing to prove. The Grizzlies <laughs> are at home, right? They didn't get it done. We all know it was rigged. The, hey, look, they didn't get it done, right? 
We're okay in the West. Isn't that what they said? We're okay in the West. He said, I'm fine in the West, and that was before he had two key injuries from two key front court players, okay? Who's, whose fault is that that he keeps trying to jump out the gym and jump over everybody? He ain't hurt himself. I'm talking about play. Hey, if, if a team's fully healthy, if Boston said, hey, I like our chances in the East, and Tatum and Brown go out, Boston ain't gonna be looking so good, are they? They? Would, they wouldn't try to poke the bear like that either. Dylan Brooks, he ain't even a, he ain't even coming back to the Grizzlies next year. He'll be playing on the team against the Grizzlies next year. He'll be nowhere near that that team. And Memphis got to figure out what they're gonna do, or pretty soon they're gonna start splitting off. No, ain't nobody going nowhere. Okay, only you yeah. say that. Okay, maybe Dylan Brooks is signed, sealed, and delivered. You know, up north of Canada or something. Maybe send him back there. But between that, man, the team is going young. They're the third youngest team in the NBA. Well, maybe they need to get some damn some damn veterans on their team because they can't figure it out. It's two years in a row as the second seed, and they get kicked out the playoffs. Come on, man. They're kicked out the club before the club even what do you gets mean? going. Well, that's what happens with teams. What team What team that's led by a 23-year-old has won the NBA title? Riddle me that, Batman. A two, a two seed. Well, then don't talk all that noise. What, are they not supposed to be confident? Are they supposed to be? Oh, we we just oh we gonna let them have it? No, no. But talk all your mess. No, d- yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. Talk all your mess while you're at home watching the other teams play. Just saying. When you're missing, when you're missing two valuable players like that, we all know that the playoff rotations get a little bit tighter. You can't. Ex- I didn't expect them to win the championship. Yeah, you got to be confident. As Did a you fan. expect them to win the series? Yeah, I expect them okay. to win that series. Enough said. All right, well, LeBron's I the greatest. Too. Is LeBron the greatest of all time or no? Or second greatest of all time? He's, I know you would. But come uh, on, man. Yeah, I'm, LeBron, a, I'm if he an that MJ good, guy, but LeBron's right there. If he that good, he's supposed to be winning these series. It's the first round. I mean, you, you can't have it both ways. We can't be saying, oh, don't poke the bear. Is he that good or is he isn't? He is that good. All right, obviously. so maybe LeBron just went out there and did what LeBron was supposed to Again, do. Again, did you expect Memphis to win the series? I, I did. did. I, I'll be the first to tell you. I came in here and told you. I did, too. Congratulations on getting to the second round. My bad. I gave you too much. I, I I pumped you up too much. Maybe the play-in is a problem as well. We can't let these teams just be lackadaisical and suck all through the regular season. And then the top two seeds, you know, don't know who they're going to play. Maybe the NBA needs to look at the way the playoffs. I mean, if you're the play-in. top two seeds, what are you worried about? The team that barely makes their squeaks their way into the playoffs. You should be able to beat them. The Bucks lost to the Heat. And the Lakers beat the Grizz. That's two top seeds that are out here in trouble because this playoff, this play-in is letting these it sounds, you know, older you know teams. Hearing, you know what I'm hearing from you? What, what is I'm hearing it? a lot of excuses. And I'll keep giving them to I'm you, too. I'm hearing a lot of and excuses after excuses after excuses. I need, where's Mr. Cepeda? Where's Mr. Cepeda, my, my, uh, my, my Spanish teacher from back in the day? Where's Mr. Cepeda? I need him to come on in here and tell him, Demond, repeat after me. <laughs> I, Demond Cotton, will adapt improvise, and overcome. That's what y'all needed to do. Adapt, improvise, and overcome. Where's Mr. Cepeda when I need him? Just saying. All I'm saying is, you know, maybe. <laughs> I'm hearing excuses. All right, I'll keep giving them to you. <laughs> but the future, like Giannis said, there's no such thing as a failure. I didn't this, say it was a failure. I'm just saying. I'm, I just, just, said telling, you, I'm just saying. I said you, you took a first, first round L. You know, so, hey, it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. Two seed, two the, years the, in a row. The Lakers barely even made it into the playoffs. Hey, barely. Man. If it hadn't been for... Minnesota having a complete meltdown. The Lakers wouldn't even been in the playoffs. But there's that. Jim from Yonkers. Has anyone signed Harmon? If not, why, why not re-sign him? Thank you. And you know, it's funny. I saw uh, Deron at the Celebrity Basketball game, and he was playing. He was actually on my team, and I asked him uh, what the thoughts were. And his, he said his plans were to, to come back. He's not signed right now, but uh, his plans were to come back. So I think he'd be a really good addition, bring him back to the team. He's got that veteran leadership, and especially on a defense that's going to have a lot of 
a lot of youth on it. I do believe there's going to have a lot of youth that's going to be out there playing. A guy like Deron Harmon to try to help lead the way and kind of show the young guys the ropes in the NFL. I think that that would go a long way. Uh, Jim, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Let's get one quick phone call in at 702-365-9200. Now that we poked the bear, who's up? Pete in the 559. Pete, welcome to the show. What's up, brother? Hey, thanks, man. hope you guys are having a good day today. Yeah, I just had a question about the uh, Michael Myers, uh, Michael Mayer pick. I was just curious on what your thoughts were. Did they really need to give up a, a pick for that? I mean, they had it within three three more, you know, teams, gonna, and, and they, those teams didn't even pick a tight end. So I just want to know what your thoughts were on that, and did they really need to uh, go get him, uh, jump up a few few uh, picks, and they could have just waited until he fell to him, and then they lost the pick for that. So uh, I, didn't, I didn't know if that was a good uh, – management strategy there. I don't know. But what's your thoughts on that? That's all I had. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And yeah, I, I didn't have any problem with them trading up. As you mentioned, they only traded up three spots, and they didn't give up a whole lot of, of draft capital. And The thing about it is going into the draft, what I said and what we've all said, and like any guests that we had on the show, for the most part, all said that, hey, they're not going to pick 12 times. They're going to be able to package some of those picks and target certain guys. They wanted to go get them at the back end of round one. So I, I don't have any problem with them moving up a couple spots and going and getting him in round two. I think he's that stinking good. I think he's going to be a very solid tight end for the Raiders for a long time. I really do. I'm excited about that pick. He can catch the ball. He can block really well. Is he going to be the most athletic dude? No, but he's going to do similar to what Gronk did. And I don't want to put the you know Gronk title on him because Gronk's a Hall of Famer, but he's going to find ways to get open. He's going to use his frame to, to be able to shield off defenders. He's going to make himself available. Uh, DeMond mentioned it earlier. He, he makes himself available in the red zone, and that's something that the Raiders need in a major way. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up again. Q&D. Can't wait till DeMond puts his face into us. We really like it when he rubs and cries away his excuses. Sincerely, it's a Kleenex box, Costco tissue, and baby wipes. So there you go. Sir Whiskey Ray is talking about all your crying that you're doing over there, DeMond. All those excuses that you're putting out over there about your Grizzlies. They ain't going to play a lot. They ain't going to play a real lot. <laughs> you're not fine in the West. Clearly not. And he going to play a lot. He going to play a real lot. No, he ain't. If you're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, they're going to watch a lot. They're going to watch a lot the rest of the playoffs. But uh, that's all for us today. We got a little silly this afternoon, but it's okay. That's how we roll. Uh, coming up next, a little draft recap. You'll hear from Dave Ziegler. Uh, you'll hear from Michael Mayer. You'll hear from Trey Tucker. A couple other players uh, after the, their draft selection. So you hear it next, y'all, Radio Nation Radio 920.